Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dicer. If you could please subscribe to PR360 on all your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a five-star review. Let's get up to that number one spot in the business category. But with me, I have Andrew Ellison. And we're going to be talking about storytelling. The most important thing, or one of the most important things besides writing, in PR and he has 10 years of experience working in journalism and broadcast news experience. And he is part of the GRCR global results communication team as well. And he's worked at TV stations in Corpus Christi, Texas, Memphis, Tennessee, and he's reported on various different types of topics, including politics, technical tech innovation, sports, and other major events like hurricane Harvey, but welcome to the show, Andrew. Yeah, it's great to be here. And the first question I ask my guest is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Well, actually, neither. Um, I guess if I had to pick between the two, I guess it would be tea. But uh, more of a more of a soda drinker, which is bad. I, I definitely drink too much of it. I shouldn't. Uh, do you have like a favorite cola drink or soda drink? Yeah, mainly a Diet Coke guy. Hmm. Gotcha. And then can you, I gave a brief introduction about your expertise. Can you give a little bit more of your expertise to our listeners? Yeah, you summed it up pretty well. Um, Before I joined the GRC team, um, I spent about 10 years in broadcast TV news. So I worked uh, at a station in Corpus Christi, Texas, and then at a station in Memphis, Tennessee, roughly five years at each station. So my experience is broadcast writing, which tends to be concise, um, you know, kind of try to grab your attention because you know for broadcast writing it's a short amount of time that you have to tell a story um and oftentimes on what can be complicated information so it involves a lot of you know taking in a lot of information sometimes complex trying to dilute it digest it and then be able to get that information out in a way that is digestible for the general audience um, so speed, uh, a lot of times in my career as a broadcast journalist was definitely the name of the game, uh, of course, accuracy, but also you had to be concise because you don't have a lot of time to tell a story, but you need to tell it. You got to get the key information out there and, you know, it's as best you can, you try to present the story in a way that's, um, you know, I guess entertaining, if you will, for the viewer in the sense that you keep their attention. Gotcha. And as a broadcaster, what do PR pros miss when telling a story? Because it feels like a lot of them may understand storytelling, but seems like they miss some things. Yeah, I think, and as it pertains to pitching to the mainstream media, right? Because like sometimes trade publications can be different. But when you're pitching to mainstream media, a lot of times what PR professionals don't understand is you have to be saying things that journalists care about. And they care about issues. They don't really care about products or, or services. So, you know, obviously as PR professionals, you, you have a client and that client has a product or a service. But for the most part, journalists don't really care about the product or the service because they don't want it to feel like an advertisement. They're not in that business. So what they care about are issues. So if you can position 
your client as a, as an expert in a certain area or multiple areas, then journalists will will be interested because now that that's a value to them, and so they would be interested in that kind of collaboration because it helps them tell stories for their audiences. So you know when you're pitching a journalist, you don't want to lead with you know, I, there's this client or there's this company and they have this product and there's a new innovation. Again, if it's a trade club, it's a little different. But if you're pitching to mainstream media, what you want to do is frame an argument. You want to present a topic, something they'd be interested in. It helps if it's timely. Um, it also helps if, it, if it's grabby, right? Um, we just had a client recently where uh, we have, obviously today's the election, but prior to the election, um, we had pitched the topic of, hey, with the election coming up, you're probably getting a lot of political texts. By the way, some of these texts might actually be fraudsters posing as candidates or campaigns to try to get your personal information or money from you, right? They want you to click a link or something like that. So we have a client that provides services related to telecom. So they're an expert in that area. And part of that area is security when you're getting these text messages. So we were able to offer them up with their expertise in that area to help consumers protect themselves from the, these kinds of uh, texting scams. And that way uh, you get your, you know, you get the company name out there, you get the recognition and you're contributing to a story on a topic that matters uh, to those journalists, in this case, broadcast journalists who want to help protect their audience, the, the consumers, their audience that are watching. So I think that's what PR professionals need to think about is, what do I need to do or what do I need to say to this journalist that's going to make them care? What are the issues that they're writing about? What are the topics they care about? Then I can tailor uh, my client to those needs um, as opposed to trying to make it sound like an advertisement for a product or a service. And I mean, with that, how, what do PR pros need to understand about telling a story? I know for a lot of them, it's kind of, like they don't, they miss things, but they also need to understand how to craft a story. That seems to be the other part of the equation. So how do they do that? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of the pitching process is that obviously, you know, as a PR professional, you have your client, um, your client uh, has a product. Maybe there's something new with that product or there's a new product or there's something new in the service that that client provides. And so you have that information, you know, what's new. You have sort of some of the technical details and aspects of that. But what's great about the pitching process is it's more important than the product is your client's expertise, right? Because your client is going to be an expert in one or more areas. So what you can do as a PR professional is find topics and areas where that expertise would be of value. And that way you're able to potentially get to maybe what's new and innovative in their products or services on the back end. But you get interest from the mainstream media by bringing up topics that are important to them, again, it's really nice if you have like a timely news peg, like for example, today's election day. So if you had anything that was timely in regards to, you know, the election, you could use that as a hook to talk about a relevant topic and therefore get your client inserted in a story because they have expertise on a certain area that, that might be relevant. So that's what's great about pitching is you can grab the attention of journalists by highlighting important topics. And then that way, that's how you introduce them to your client who can provide expertise. And then as you go down the line, they may have the opportunity 
to specifically talk about what's new for them. But even if they don't, you're still getting the notoriety and the name recognition out there in the media for your client. And so when it comes to storytelling specifically, journalists, especially mainstream journalists, and definitely in broadcast, they have very short attention spans, right? So when you're writing and you're creating a story, right, you're pitching them a story you want them to take, uh, you have to be concise and you have to be as grabby as possible. So you've got to emphasize quickly why what you're telling them would matter to their viewers. And again, I'll go back to the example I brought up a minute ago about uh, the pitching we recently did surrounding uh, political texting fraud um, as the election you know, approached. That's a topic that's really relevant to viewers in all, you know, in all markets, right? Because we all have our smartphones. We get these texts. So all consumers have to safeguard against these potentially fraudulent uh, political texts. So that topic is important to viewers. So when you're trying to pitch your client who has expertise in how to protect consumers in that area, that's how you do it. You go to the journalist and you make it clear right away, hey, you know, we have someone who can tell your viewers how to spot these texts, how to protect themselves from these texts um, and what they need to know, the red flags to watch out for. That, those kinds of words, though, that kind of thing is going to get a mainstream journalist's attention rather than, you know, writing them an email and saying, you know, hey, there's this, uh, you know, this new innovation, this new, you know, service that my client has or this new product that my client has. Do you want to do an interview about it? You know, so, you know, in, unless that new product is a magic wand that literally works as a magic wand or something, you know, they're not going to care just about a product. You have to find an issue uh, that matters to their viewers. Uh, and matters to as many of their viewers as possible. If you can do that, then that's when you get the attention of mainstream journalists, definitely in broadcast for sure. Gotcha. All political text. I think we're all tired of that right now since today's the election. <laughs> yeah, and, and that one is a double whammy because not only do you have a timely hook, right, because it's election season, it's happening right now, and you know, TV reporters in particular love that. So not only do you have a timely hook, but you also have, a subject matter that matters to a lot of people. So you get timeliness and you get, you know, relevance. If you can get timeliness and relevance together as a PR professional, it's, it's, it's really going to help. Gotcha. And then, I mean, on the opposite side, how do PR agencies craft a story to get more clients? Because I mean, that's part of it too, because you, as a PR agency, we need to get more clients and it's crafting that story of like, we are the best fit for you. We can help with your PR needs. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's it's trying to tell those clients, hey, you know, this is how we can get you recognized, right? Because I think a lot of clients don't realize what I was talking about earlier that, yeah, you're going to have your, you have products, you have services, but again, you're an expert in certain areas. And that allows you a lot of options when you're trying to, uh, you know, either get quoted or, or get interviewed. Um, for these pieces that mainstream journalists are working on. So I think when you're talking to clients, uh, the key is, hey, you know, you know, we know that you have your products and your services and you have details about that that you want to get out there. You know, you want certain things, uh, you know, said about what you do. And press releases are a good venue for that. But when it comes to securing interviews and media ops, what I think clients need to understand is the best way that we as a PR agency can work for you and get you that notoriety as it pertains to getting you noticed in the mainstream media is, um, you know, we've got to sell you 
as, as an expert in one or, or one or more areas uh, who can speak to relevant topics that journalists are going to care about. And that's how, you know, that's how we get your name out there. Um, that doesn't always mean that every specific thing about that client's product or service gets mentioned in a particular story, but it does get the name out there. It raises the, you know, it raises their profile. It elevates their brand. It brings them more attention. And those are all good things. And you you start to develop ongoing relationships with the, you know, the media publications, whether it be TV stations or online publications, you start to develop relationships with those media outlets. And then when you come back to them again with, you know, more pitches, uh, more ideas, more story ideas, you know, you have that rapport going. And so, um, you know, obviously the better relationship you can establish with an outlet, you know, the more you can collaborate on in the future. Gotcha. I mean, does it seem like for like pitching or crafting a story, especially for clients, is it good to like do a short, concise one, not this long winded, like how many awards we won, but like, this is how we can get you. This is like, this is our success rate or whatever. Is that going to be better for actually getting more clients than doing like a long winded thing and like, just like bullet pointing it and being basically saying, here's the facts. This is why we can help you. Yeah, I think, um, and having having just come over to the PR side of things from my time in broadcast just a few months ago, the nuances of securing clients and new business are, is still something I'm learning, you know, to, to be frank. There's a lot to learn there. But I think in general, a good, a good approach is really just the results approach, right? Which is if I'm, if I'm trying to secure new business, I think the point you need to get across is – and you can do this by way of example is, hey, you know, this is how we can get you noticed. This is how we've done it with some of our other our clients in the past. Certainly awards and things like that are important. But I think more than anything, it's, you know, like what every client wants is they want the recognition, right? They want the publicity. And, and the way you do that is to get them either mentioned or featured uh, in stories, especially in the mainstream media, um, whether it be on TV or online or whatever it is. So, you know, if they're in you know, the more eyeballs that they're getting that are seeing, hearing the company name, seeing the company, you know, seeing them weigh in on different topics, the more you can do that, that elevates everything, which is going to be great for your client. Obviously, there's more nuances to it than just that. And those are the kind of things, as I mentioned earlier, that, that I'm still learning. But um, yeah, I think I think the main point is always to try to elevate the brand. And, and you do that by getting them inserted or featured in as many stories coverage pieces as you can gotcha and then should storytelling be a major part of either the crafting the pr strategies or or the campaign because i mean it's it seems like a little far-fetched for strategies crafting a story with strategies but yeah i mean it seems like that could be something useful to it or or is it just mostly just the campaigns to craft the stories for yeah i think um if I understand what you're asking, yeah, I think strategies matter. I mean, you know, we do this with our clients. I mean, when you have a particular uh, topic or focus area that you're trying to pitch, um, your, your strategy is typically going to be uh, comprised of two things. The first thing is, um, you know, who are your target media publications, right? So are, is there certain media outlets that you're going to be going after, Right. So you have to, have to identify those. That's the first thing. And then the second thing um, would be a timeline. This is usually pretty helpful. I mean, if you have a general area that you're trying to pitch to different media outlets, it's good to develop a timeline for how often you're going to pitch, 
um, how you might be able to use, uh, you know, certain timely hooks depending on the time of year for that. Um, you know, for example, we, we have a client, and I'll, I'll use the, the, the fraud example again, you know, we have a client that's an expert in, in you know, telecom security, so protecting yourself from, from potentially, uh, you know, fraudulent text messages. And I talked about the election being a hook, but as you move forward in the calendar year, um, you know, certainly holiday shopping is another hook, right? So that would be part of that timeline where you know that these things are happening. You know that uh, consumers are going to be getting promotional texts uh, on their phones for different deals, shipping notifications when they order something online. Those things can potentially be fraudulent if you're not careful. So there again, we have a timely hook where we can offer our client as an expert uh, to talk about things that matter to consumers and, and telling them how to protect themselves. So that's just a good example of how you can build a strategy around a topic. And obviously you convey that to your client. You know, you, you, know, you don't take them to inside baseball because they just want results at the end of the day. But you, you let them know, hey, this is our topic. This is the general idea we're going with. Here's a timeline of things that we think we can take advantage of uh, to maximize pitching that topic. Gotcha. And then how do PR pros get better at storytelling? Because I mean, that, that's the thing. We should always try to get better at this storytelling craft because it is, well, a craft. I think, you know, when I was uh, a reporter in, in TV broadcast news, I mean, the way I got better was I watched and observed and learned from people who were better than me. <laughs> that's how you do it. I, I think the more PR professionals that you can meet and work with and and I work with a great a great team here at Garrity that I have learned a tremendous amount from, and I continue to learn from. The more PR professionals you can work with, and and see how they write, and then see how they you know craft stories, and see what they do, because everyone has their own tricks of the trade. Everyone has their own style. So I think the more, and even doesn't have to even be an agency. You know, you go out, and do some research online, find you know, find other things, find other styles of writing. I think the more you can learn, the more you can observe and watch, uh, I think the better you're going to get. I, you know, I don't believe there really is no one size fits all uh, model to pitching. I think there are some best practice type things. And we've talked about some of those in this, uh, you know, in this interview, but um, there's all kinds of things you can learn out there. And sometimes what works for one thing won't work for another. So I think the more uh, people you can learn from and the more styles that you can kind of absorb and, and take in and then craft your own, um, I think that's how you get better. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, when we're talking about video content, because it's king, and I do believe a lot of PR pros have to understand how to create this stuff. Uh, it, how do you create that most engaging like content? Because, I mean, that's part of the storytelling factor is how do you create that great storytelling to make great video content. Yeah, I think a lot of that's going to depend on what kind of video you have to play with. I mean, that that's going to depend on the client and, and what you're doing. I, I think when it comes to video, uh, not, not to oversimplify this answer, but I, I think, you know, the, the bolder, the better. I mean, it, you know, the grabbier, the better, I mean, especially when you're, you're talking about visual, right? I mean, if you're looking at something, um, you know, the bigger something is or older something is it's, it's going to get your attention more than something that, that's not so i think when you're when you're talking about video content i think concise is important just like you know other aspects of, of pitching and, um and pr and, and i think you know you, you try to find what, what's the most impressive thing i've got if i've got video elements that i know i can choose from you know really it, it's what's the most impressive thing that i have 
And if, if I can go back to referencing broadcast TV news, um, sometimes when we would write our stories, it sometimes the best asset we had was the story itself, was the information. Right? Even though we were a TV station, sometimes the grabbiest thing you have is the information itself. And sometimes, you know, that, that's when we're talking about, let's say, like a scam or something like that, and you're trying to protect your audience. But sometimes, a lot of times, the most important asset you have for, for a story is the video, right? So if you're a TV news reporter like I was, and, and you have really compelling video um, of, of you know, whether, you know, unfortunately, in TV news, nature of the beast, a lot of you do a lot of crime reporting, and that's sad to say, but it's true. So if you had compelling video of a crime scene, compelling video of an accident obviously that's your that's your greatest asset so you you lead with that and craft the story around that and you just keep referencing the video over and over because that's your biggest tool for that story sometimes it's not that way sometimes you're what we would call video poor where you don't have great video to support the story you're telling but it's an important story it matters to your audience and so the information is your greatest tool there so that's really where script writing your storytelling is the most important because you might not have the greatest video to support what you're saying. All the more reason to be concise and grabby with what you're saying. And, and, and I know it's cliche, but literally every word counts in that scenario. Um, but obviously you love it when you have great video to work with. It makes your life a lot easier because you've got this really compelling footage that people are seeing and you just, and you just speak to it. You know, you speak to that video when you tell your story. So um, yeah, I mean, it's always great when you've got good video assets to work with. Mm. And then, I mean, is the other part of great storytelling is like, this is not working. We probably should scrap it or redefine it or figure out a new angle because sometimes you're creating something. You're like, this is going to be awesome. And you're like, Nope, Nope, this is not good. This is, this is going the opposite direction of good. Yeah. I think collaboration is, is the key there. Um, you know, when I was a, a news reporter, you know, I would write a script, but I would always have, you know, one of the anchors or one of my colleagues, you know, look at it and read it, you know, not just for approval process, which of course we had, but also just to get a second or third set of eyes on that script, right? Because maybe you're not, you know, you write something, maybe you're not seeing something, maybe there's an opportunity in the script that you've missed, uh, maybe it needs to be reworked a little bit um, so that it's more powerful for the audience. So I think think collaboration is key there i mean we do that here you know at, at grc when we're crafting pitches you know we collaborate with each other you know one that by each other hey you know you think this is good you think this will work and and excuse me and you make little changes here and there and i think the more you collaborate the better product you're going to have so i, I mean I, I think that's the best way it's really a teamwork approach and, you know, the more you have that, I, I think the better pitches or whatever you're writing, the better product you're going to have. And what do you say on the teamwork collaboration? Is a smaller team better than a bigger team? Because sometimes it just gets too big where you're like, well, there's a little too many opinions here where it could dilute it at, at the same time. So should you try to find like a small knit team to like work with you? It's still collaboration, but you're not like putting everybody in here where it's kind of like, okay, we can never get this done. Yeah, no, I mean, it's certainly too many cooks in the kitchen. It's not, it's not a good thing. I mean, that, that's absolutely correct. So yeah, I think, I think you want, I guess I would say several people. I mean, I think, I think if you've got maybe one or even just two other people that you can bounce ideas off of, yeah, I think that's probably more efficient because you know, if it starts getting larger than that, then yeah, it starts getting pulled in so many different directions. It, it kind of becomes a, 
detrimental. So yeah, I, I think a, a small, concise team is probably the most efficient. Gotcha. And then fun question for you. What's your favorite golf course? <laughs> favorite, favorite golf course. Uh, well, it's probably, so I played high school golf um, and it may sound funny to say, but um, our home course in high school was a course called Marbella. Um, and it's uh, uh, right over there in, in San Juan Capistrano. Um, so not, not, nothing, nothing, uh, you know, this isn't Pebble Beach or anything like that or, uh, you know, it, but I guess, I guess you could say it's a sentimental thing, I guess, holds a, a special place in my heart. That's where we played, you know, and uh, obviously had a great camaraderie with your teammates and stuff like that. So um, I, I haven't, I, ha- I haven't gotten a chance to play it in a long time, mostly because I, I just moved back here to Southern California when I joined the GRC team. So I obviously, as, as you know, I was living in Tennessee and then Texas before that. So I haven't, uh, I haven't lived here in a long time. I was born and raised, but I, I just haven't been back, but it's great to be back. I look forward to playing that course again when I, when I get the chance. Nice. And then where can people find you online? Well, I, uh, yeah, Facebook, um, uh, Twitter, um, I have a LinkedIn. Um, those three are probably the, you know, the best way to do that. All right. Any final thoughts for the listeners? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think I, the last thing I'd say is I would just reiterate that, um, you know, while there are best practices and I hope some of the things that I've said in this interview are helpful, I hope, but um, there really is no one size fits all model to pitching. And I just wanted to say that again, because it really is. Sometimes you never know what's going to work. And that gets back to, you know, what I've done since I've joined the GRC team, which is to see how other people pitch, you know, what do they do? What are their tactics? You know, what are their tricks of the trade? You know, you, you know the more that you can learn and observe other people, um, it's just going to help you in the long run. Um, because, you know, you might be pitching a certain thing and, re- and remember, oh, hey, I remember when when this person did this and that that worked, you know, um, whereas maybe you tried something in the same area that didn't work. So the more you can learn from other people and keep an open mind, uh, that that's definitely your best tool. Never never be rigid or, or stuck because you just never know what's going to work. So if there's any if there's one takeaway from this interview, I, I would say just remember, don't be rigid. Don't be stubborn be adaptable and keep an open mind. All right. Thank you, Andrew, Andrew, for joining PR 360 and sharing your knowledge on storytelling and pitching. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you. And thank you for listening to PR 360. As always, please subscribe to PR 360 on all your favorite podcasting apps. Leave a five-star review and get us to that number one spot in the business category. All right, guys, join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get to understanding your storytelling and crafting it better. And see you next week. Later.